Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and analyze Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Happy Friday, Dave. Yes, happy Fridays indeed. So we have moved on to Route 66. We are on to Minute 66. Minute or day? Um, I don't know. Hours oh. sometimes seem like days. I was going to say, well, it's a daily, no, it's not, it's a semi-daily podcast, so it really hasn't even been, but it's been 66 days, oh, it doesn't work, never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this minute, 66, starts with Kirk saying, well, gentlemen, you can stay here, and ends with Kirk and McCoy sort of approaching something of interest, maybe? Tentatively, kind of? Sort of, kind of. So this is yes. so this is a short minute in terms of dialogue. It's a lot of uh, transporter, a lot of beaming action, a lot of beaming action. Yes. yes, we don't usually get a lot of beaming action like this. We'll talk about it, but uh, yeah. I, I appreciate the effort they put into this sequence. Definitely, yes. Um, so the minute obviously starts with uh, you know Kirk making a decision. You know he's like, well, you know, you guys can stay here. You know, to Kirk and, uh, I mean, to Terrell and Chekhov saying, you know, you guys can stay here, but we're, we're going, we're going to go where they went. And, you know, Terrell is sort of, you know, it's all the same, Admiral, we'd like to share the risk. Now, my theory has been that Kirk is, he knows, he, he, he either knows Khan is listening or he knows something, because I, I sort of have had this sort of feeling that, you know, with the the minute last minute with the hour seemed like days and um you know, not telling Savic and, you know, answering her question of, you know, stage two of what and he's sort of keeping everything to himself and I'm wondering if he is you know, he doesn't if he's saying, you know, you can stay here, um or if he uh it's his plan for them to come along kind of thing. Like that's what he's, he's getting at. Like he wants them to come like to keep an eye on them sort of thing. Right. Oh, I thought he might've been testing them. Oh, know, like a little test. The, yeah. Yeah. For maybe. the same reason. Yeah. Like, he's like, well, if they're, you know, if they're sick, you know, they're not feeling great. We'll give them a, you know, it's okay. If they don't come, but if right. they come, wait a minute, they come, my, my hackles are raised even more. A little bit, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That, that's, that's sort of, yeah, like a, a, that may have been a better choice of words of what I said. Yeah, it's like a test. Right. Uh, but yeah, hard to know, hard to know. And I don't know, I, given what we learn in the next few minutes, I don't know if Kirk knows. How, or how suspicious, you think he would be more on guard. If right, he was... I, I would think so, yes, I, I would think so. Right. Um, so, so Kirk says, right, let's go. Savick. And, uh, so McCoy, so McCoy is like instantly, he's instantly got his mouth drops open. He's like, what? 
Where are we going? Uh, going? uh, Wait a minute. (laughs) He already knows that he he doesn't like this plan that is forming. (laughs) Savick doesn't doesn't question him. He just, she just, you know, it goes around and heads to the transporter station. (laughs) We get this great interaction between Kirk and McCoy. Um, uh, Where are we going? And Kirk's so nonchalant where they went. Yeah. Uh, And uh, suppose they went nowhere. This is classic McCoy, right? Yes. Classic. Uh, and it's fun that um, the whole fear of the transporter thing, was that in the original series? Or is, was that something know. that's been in the films? I don't know if it's only been in the films or if it is something that, yeah, was even... Because I can't... I'm Obviously, there's been many times when McCoy has beamed down to the planets, but I don't remember him ever saying that he was afraid. Right. I don't either. And, and, um, and if that's the case, you know, if, if you and I could be doing our, you know, weekly bad Trekkie moment, not remembering this from the original series, but, uh, if that's not the case that he didn't do it, then right. this is, then this right here would be a callback or a nod to the motion picture. Yeah, definitely. Right. Cause, cause up and that's the only time we know about, he's got a fear of these things. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, I, and I suppose, you know, <laughs> They've they've already upped the ante. You're like, well, we may be beaming you into solid rock. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave, have they ever done that? They must have done that, right? There, there's got to be in all of the episodes of Star Trek. Has there ever been a a scene where they beamed them into something and killed them? Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I want to see how it happens. Yeah, I totally feel like that's got to be a thing got to be a thing because all i you know i can picture like you know you know those those big styrofoam boulders right on the, yeah. on the sets of the original series but just <laughs> seeing somebody's just see someone's face sticking out of it oh i totally yeah i totally buy that like you what know would that ha- what would happen and it, well and what do you think the percentage is that scotty tells them <laughs> what do you mean well like you know he's beaming people around and accidentally beams someone into a boulder and you know it's ensign smith you know <laughs> does he does he tell kirk or does he say, whoopsie, you must have, must have, you must have moved. <laughs> yeah, like, whoops, that wasn't my fault. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm going to ask the listeners, right, because, because I, you know, I will say, I love Star Trek, yep. but I don't remember every, and I've watched, I've watched the bulk of everything, right? I mean, yeah. I've watched almost all the episodes of all the series, and I really don't, I honestly don't remember if they've ever done that, and why have they not done that? It's such an obvious one to, you know, I mean, you could even beam him underwater, you know, at least to be his, uh, cause that one would be, wouldn't kill him. Right. You know, yeah. More of a like, Oh, and you know, they'd swim to the surface or something. Um, but I don't think they've ever missed or even like just, you know, beamed all but their ankle and their foot into a rock, right? We're like, Oh crap. You know, we got to, you know, cut your leg off to, yep. <laughs> to get you out of there. They could have done that too. Right. Anyway, sorry, I don't know. I'm getting kind of gruesome with this. Sorry. I think so. I digressed. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So now you can see why McCoy is so concerned. These are all the thoughts that might be going through his head. I know they'd be going through my head. Yeah. Sorry. Now they brought them all up. Yeah. (laughs) So the Kirk's line here, you know, suppose they went nowhere. And Kirk's like, well, this will be your big chance to get away from it all. (laughs) I still chuckle at it. (laughs) All right. So. It is funny. I'm going to give you that. And 
listeners know that I've I've talked about this you know several times during the show that this is this is one of my favorite aspects of Wrath of Khan is the humor in here. Yep, um, is generally understated and they don't. You know, it's just they just do it. We get the laugh as the audience, but the it's not really acknowledged by the characters. And that's one of the things I don't like about the later films when they do when they do jokes is that jokes always seem to be happening, you know, in universe between the characters and stuff. Right. And it's just something about it. this feels a little bit like that, like the first. I feel like oh, it's the first twinge of the really? voyage home jokes in the voyage home or something. And um, I totally I totally love this. Like even the my problem with the later movies is that they they hit on something in this movie. They hit on that personal, you know, humor with McCoy being, you know, the, the, you know, suppose they went nowhere, you know, that guy. And, you know, and I, I feel like they have that opportunity to joke around. And I feel like the timing and the, the way they force the jokes in the later movies is what I don't like. But I don't feel like this is a forced joke at all. I feel this is like, I feel it's just like something between him and, you know, even when they're back in Kirk's apartment and he's like you know don't mince words bones tell me how you i feel like this is just how they act like this is just how they are and this is i feel like this is a conversation we would have like i would be like suppose they went nowhere and i expect i would expect you to say well this be your chance to get away from it all right right (laughs) i love the line i and it's and it's one of the few times and of the humor of of these movies that i absolutely love wow okay well, you're selling me. You're getting me there. <laughs> but, but but now now I got now I got I'm gonna go dark again. So Kirk's making jokes when just minutes before they were lowering bodies True. onto the ground that were all murdered and throat slit and blood and gore, and the first you know 45 minutes of this film, Kirk's been going through this midlife crisis. He's Mr. Downer, yeah, right, and he's all sullen and stuff, and now he's making jokes. I don't know. I, I it's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's just between him and McCoy. I feel like it's not, you know, yeah. Obviously, they just went through a traumatic thing, specifically McCoy, where he runs into the guy hanging upside down, like Jim. Yeah, <laughs> Jim. Um, <laughs> like I get, I get it. But I also feel like it's just a little thing between them. You know, it's it's nothing more than two friends, old friends bantering with one another. And, you know, maybe he's taken a little bit of the steam out of the moment, you know, because as much as I feel like Kirk knows where they're going, he's probably still a little nervous, too, about going wherever they're going. And it sort of is that, ha, ah, ha, ah, you know, I'm scared, but I'm, I'm trying to make light of the situation. Well, McCoy's not buying it. Oh, he's totally not buying it because the way he looks at Kirk. He's like, he's got the big F.U. reaction. Oh. Out. <laughs> yeah, McCoy totally doesn't buy it because, yeah, after they get on, he's like, he's got the stink eye on Kirk. And then he looks forward and then looks, does the double take and does hits him again. Yeah, he is not happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kirk's got a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Kirk's got a little bit of a smirk there, but he's also he's you can tell he's there's probably a, a drop of sweat heading yeah. down his. You know, he's like, yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm about to be fused with a rock. Yeah, pretty much. Like, this could be it for me. 
this could be it. Yeah, this could be the last moment. I would, yeah, I'd be stressed. <laughs> and they're all, but they're all up. They're all up there. No problem. No one else is thinking it. Or if they're yeah, thinking no, it, they're like, like, yeah, whatever. They, uh, they so followed Savick, the orders. Yeah, they followed the orders. So we missed the, there was a scene while they were yapping that, you know, we see that Savick is, she must be putting the thing on automatic, right? Yes. She's pushing some buttons. Again, yeah. no sliders, right? There's no sliders. Um, so she's punching a bunch of buttons. And then and then when they do this, you know, they, they kind of pull back. And you see everybody's on the pads. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we get this beaming sequence. Um, Fantastic. So can I even speak before, before the even the lights even come up? Yeah. You know, before the, 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 the sound. There's this initial sound you don't normally hear of this. No, yeah. It's like the I, I had it. My note said that the, is it a warm up? Is that what my ear? The, the warm up. Uh, I love it. <laughs> oh, like, this whole a... sequence from the time that yeah they do the pullback to the time that they actually appear inside the cave is fantastic. Everything from the sound, the lighting effect, yeah, the warm up, and then even them sort of moving you know through space you know like. Love it, all of it. Love it. I'm buying it. You're buying it. I'm buying so it. So let's all. talk about. Let's talk about that. How does it go? How does it go through space? Go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that because this is also something that hasn't been done much, uh, or that I can really recall. Um, the exterior. We cut to the exterior of Regula. Yep. And and us, you know, the camera is kind of zooming into the planet like we're falling towards it, and I remember. I remember this seeing the movies when I was a kid. Yep. Um, I remember thinking that uh, is this what they see? Is this what it's like when they when they're beaming down? Do they get to actually see themselves heading towards wherever they're going? I don't think so. Which, no, which I I know that's not right, but I think that's a. I just think it was a really interesting choice on you know the director's part to like oh let's include this you know let's show some. I don't. I don't think it's for the audience to be like to make it for us to be like, oh yeah, they're going, you know, into this planet because they already said they're going to do that. Right. Um, I don't know. It is a curious like addition. Yeah, it's it's fun though. Yes. Um, I think they should do it more often. I think you know they could have done that. They could have done that on the series as a thing, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but granted, it would have been expensive because they would have had to build, you know a set for all the planets that they do these little zoom ins on. Uh, but it's a nice touch. And while they're doing that, so we've got the, again, we get the warm up sound. Then you have the actual beam, yep. beam out noise, which we've heard because we've seen, you know, people beaming in a few times already. Right. Uh, but then while they're zooming in towards regular, there's, there's yet another, an, another new sound. Yeah. And, uh, and I also, this sequence, this part of it also makes me think of Dr. Who. Um, it doesn't sound, exactly like the TARDIS, the sound it makes when it's traveling. Right, but yeah. But there's, there's, there's something of it that's, that definitely strongly evokes it to me, um, which is great because I am a Doctor Who fan. Yes, as am I. But this particular scene, and you sort of hit on it a little bit, where um, as they're beaming out and we're sort of going to the planet, you had mentioned that you like, well, did they see it? Do you know what it makes me think of? And it's a stretch, but it still makes me think of it. Is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original Gene, uh, Gene Wilder one, uh, okay. and it make, and it makes me think of the part where Mike TV um, pushes the button, 
and he's transported from the TV camera, and then you sort of see him over air, and they see like the bits of him yeah. flying over, and it's like, and then he appears yeah. on the TV. That's what this scene makes me think of, is that scene where we're sort of approaching the planet is we're seeing the bits of them flying through space going into the rock. Oh, okay. So we could have seen one, like another, like a reverse shot or something where the, from a different angle where you see yes. Regula up high and you'd see little bits heading down. Obviously, I know Regula. that's not what happens. I, I, I'm just saying this is what makes me think of that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Now, you know what? I'm probably going to be thinking of that the next time <laughs> I see a beeping sequence. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, you can see all the light bits. And uh, oh, fun. That's cool. No, I... How did you get there? Has that has that has that always been connected in your head? That's always been connected. Obviously, I'm a big Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory fan. That's one of my, you know, you know, that is a up there in terms of favorite movies. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've always sort of thought of that. Cool. That's I never because once when we think of when we think of transporter, we never see the middle result. We sort of see them leaving and then we sort of see them appearing and when that movie came along and you see him sort of you know they, they move the chocolate bar they move my tv from the stand you see him being in the way Willy Wonka says he's he says you know he's being split up into billions of pieces and he's floating across the air like right. and McCoy even says it you know I think it's in the, the motion picture he's like you're not going to scatter my molecules <laughs> or whatever into a billion right. pieces and that's what makes me that's how I put the two together Oh, wow. That's cool, man. Well, then I'll just say it right now to the, the, <laughs> the guys that are out there starting the Willy Wonka Minute. You've got your first guest. <laughs> save, save it for Dave for the uh, Mike TV Mike minutes. Mike TV, I want those minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, all right. So where are we now? Uh, so, so, yeah. So we've we've gone through the rock and we've landed and we're inside a cave. Right. You know, it's fun. I don't know if you've noticed this when they, they arrive. Um, so obviously we know McCoy's been, was pretty antsy about this, yep. um, about this trip. But when they, uh, when they arrive, if you watch everybody, it's Terrell who <laughs> checks himself out first. Yeah. Make sure he's <laughs> make all, sure. oh, make sure he's all there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like looking at his arms and like, okay, yep, yep. All everything, all two arms, two legs. Yeah. I'm all here. And Chekhov's like, ah, he puts his hands on his hips, like, job well done. You know, we made it. And I'm not in rock. Yeah. So the first thing I thought of when they're all there is their positioning. Oh, me too. Damn it. <laughs> and I hate to be that guy to bring it up, but they're all standing in order. Kirk, McCoy, Terrell, Chekhov. But Savick is sort of off farther McCoy and Terrell are too close together as are Chekhov and McCoy and Kirk. Are, I feel like they're not. And maybe when you leave, you don't land in this. I would feel like you would land in the same spot distance wise away from the person next to you. Obviously, I don't know how beaming works. Bad Trekkie. But I would feel like they would be more. Obviously, they're in a cave, too. So I get I get why they're closer together. But it just – that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, they're kind of close together. Yeah, Dave, it's okay. I'm glad you brought it up first because <laughs> I had it in my notes too. My note was like, I've never thought of this before, but their orientation is different. Yes. And is it – should it be identical when they arrive or is that part of the feature of a transporter that I, they can – like, I don't know. 
I think it would be fun if they could, you know, the transport chief could be like, oh, watch this. So, you know, I'm going to Kirk and Kirk's between Spock and McCoy and I'm going to flip it. So when they get there, you know, Kirk's on the outside. Right. Well, <laughs> but the, I don't know if they can do that. But the thing that I think of about with transporters is we think of like the the show and, you know, even like Next Generation. It's always like a static position, like they're at, in some spot and they go to another spot. But. In the reboot, when Kirk and Sulu fall off the drilling device, they're moving. Right. And, you know, uh, Chekhov is, you know, handwork and making it work. And he gets them from two totally different spots in space, and then he drops them on the pa pad. So I, I have to believe that there's some way the transporter person can do that. Like maybe oh, put right, one right. person in one spot and put another person in another spot. Yeah. Like I feel like that, that's, that's a thing. Okay. I'm so saying it now. Thing. A thing. It's a thing. All right. Done. It's in the Rathicon Minute canon. Trekkie Minute. Um, so uh, so once they arrive and you're, you know, that distraction's over, yep, they're clearly in some kind of, you know, I guess cave or nice or some nicely, you know, wood paneling. You know, can't quite tell if that's rock or wood paneling. Um, but there's more of those rocket nose cones everywhere. So... <laughs> Before was, we get to before we get to the rocket nose cones, yes, and we're talking about them, you know, obviously arriving, and you know, you would mention in my notes the first thing is is Terrell looking at himself. Do you recognize? Do you look? Do you see Kirk's expression? He sort of know. is. He raises his hand. Is kind of like, and he almost shrugs. It's kind of like, mm. you know, like I don't <laughs> know. Like he looks at McCoy, and they're looking at each other, and he lifts his hand, and sort of like a, you know, he gives him a smirk, and it's kind of like I don't know. Oh yeah, what is that? I didn't, I didn't notice that. He's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, he's like, I don't know where we are. <laughs> like, did we make it? <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's. Well, we know they can talk too, right? Between. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But did we miss a conversation or something? I don't know. Yeah, why is he doing that? All right, listeners, I got no theories. Yeah. We need your input. He's like shrugging. Why, He's like, I don't get why is, it. Like, why is Kirk shrugging when they arrive? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. But then, yes, my next thing in the notes is like, are the cone, nose cones the same that were from the Batney Bay? Like, uh, are the cones in Batney Bay a Starfleet item? And those weren't actually like those were left with them, and they weren't actually part of the Batney Bay. My uh, my note was that it's uh, space luggage, <laughs> and it, those are just the little black you know wheelie bags that every businessman takes on a flight on a plane today. That that's just everybody has them. They're all over the place. Because uh, yeah, I mean they're on the Botany Bay, so they either came off the Enterprise or they came from the Botany Bay in the nineties. Um, they've got to be Starfleet issued. That's what I believe. Yes, is that they're yeah, yes. And it makes me want one because you, oh, you put one in my, you can put that in the living room, right? And turn it into like a speaker, a Bluetooth sure. speaker. Yeah, sure. Right. Or open it up and have a turntable inside. I'm on board. Yeah. There we go. Copyright. Bad Trekkie production. Bad production. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, I, I'm out. We're, so I, they, they arrive and Kirk and McCoy, I think we said this minute ends with them starting to. Um, well, yeah, Savick sees the first, right? Savick sees the first and is like Admiral, and they start, yeah, motioning towards something which is off screen. Right. Well, I guess we'll learn what what they're looking at in the next minute. Yep. 
Sounds good. All right. Let's wrap it up then, sir. Yes, let's do. All right, folks. Uh, it is, uh, it's Friday, so we just want to uh, give a little shout-out, do a follow Friday update. Uh, first to the Star Wars Minute, uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson, the guys who started started this all and inspired us to uh, <clears throat> do our own Minute podcast. So thanks to those guys. And uh, we are now one of uh, at least 16, I think. <laughs> 16 podcasts in the minute family yep. uh, something like that and, yeah uh, i think and yeah. more coming and more coming but uh you can you can find them all on moviesbyminutes.com but uh, we just want to give a shout out to some of the ones the newer ones that have come online <clears throat> uh ghostbusters minute caddyshack minute uh former guest of the show tom taylor is hosting that uh or co-hosting that um Five Minutes of Trouble, uh, which just started up. They're covering uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yep. And then uh, Lord of the Rings Minute, which I think we might have mentioned before that these guys are insane. Yes, they're doing uh, the extended versions of the movies, which yeah. is just amazing. They're going to be at it forever. <laughs> good luck. Uh, good luck. Good luck. But you all, know, good, all good stuff. All good stuff. Right. And you know they love the film. They wouldn't yep. be doing it if they didn't love the film, just like we wouldn't be doing this. We didn't love Rathacon. So, yes. So, um, and then you can also find us in addition to moviesbyminute.com. You can find us at rathaconminute.com. We're on Twitter at WOKMinute, uh, Instagram at rathaconminute. And we have a, uh, a group on Facebook called the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation. So, if you can go there, join up and uh, continue the conversation and, uh, about these minutes or Star Trek things in general. That'd be awesome. Uh, we also ask that uh, you go out to iTunes and uh, uh, give the show a rating and give us a review. We'd love to hear from you and get feedback on uh, what we're doing right and what we could be doing better. Um, so if you do that, we'd appreciate it. Yep, and Definitely. Yeah. And we will be back here on Monday with Minute 67 of Star Trek 2 here at the Rathacon Minute. Kirk out. <laughs>